Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, and as I told the black folks here, I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of Carolina, man. I'm a fan of Raleigh, and particularly my favorite, Charlotte, of all the southern places. Um, yeah, this is this is it. This is this is the hippest, coolest, closest to metropolitan East Coast energy. Well, you're de- you're depending on. Uh- those are both college towns. Yeah, Raleigh and Charlotte. Yeah. 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 So. But, but you know, like we're really close to campus. But, um, you know, it's weird, man. 10 o'clock curfew here. Um, everything shuts down early. Uh, yeah, man. I love the uh, – I like that southern – like I think chicks with that little southern drawer. Yeah, because you know where we went? Um, State Farm – we went to State Farm. Uh, like a good neighbor, d- State Farm is there. State no. Farmer's din- Diner. State uh, Farmer's Diner. Breakfast, whatever. And we also went to, which I was my favorite, was the Flying Biscuit. Yes, Flying Biscuit was dope. But this one we went to yesterday was State Farmer's. Is that right? Yeah, State Farmer's. State Farmer's. And the, 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 the work uniform was everybody was in overalls. Uh, and we just had the, the sweetest little, widest little, purest. Southern gal uh, who was waiting on me and Andy. And at one point, uh, she she was so damn sweet. And I, I don't want, you know, because we talked about this. I don't want to use the terms America's sweetheart and the girl next door. But there is another term uh, which I don't think fits into the narrative of it's got to be a white woman. But it was cute as a button. She was just cute as a bud. She was real sweet and hosp- a lot of hospitality. And every now and then she just kept checking on us. Do y'all need anything? And at one point you had said something to me. You had said uh, you liked that. I, yeah, I, I liked it because it seems, I mean, it seems like she sounds genuine when she says it. Right. And but, pure. But you just, you can't believe that someone could be 
That's sweet. Yeah, all cute. the time. No. Yeah, until Lace go, and the nigga, right, man? <laughs> then all the jokes are off. But she honestly Y'all seen, need anything? Daddy, that nigga, right, me, daddy? She she did seem sweet, and then she brought us uh, banana pudding at the end. Y'all want some banana pudding? It, but that, I like how she, but she was so, I don't know what was funny, because then she goes, it comes with it. It comes, comes with, with it. Banana yeah. pudding comes with it. Yeah. You don't eat my sweet southern pussy. <laughs> Banana pudding come with it. Uh, but no, it was cool, man. It was cool. Um, but they had good food. They did. They did. They did. Everything was. Uh, you didn't like it because it was too. It came out too fast. It, yeah, it seemed like once we put the order in, thirty seconds later, here it was. <laughs> it was an old style that that line cooking where they have that shit all up on the uh, the, the flat top. It's, right. It's just it's it's already cooked. It's just staying warm for as people come in. I love it, man. I and I got to tell you, man, I, 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 I don't do breakfast much because uh, you know the schedule. Most times yeah. we, we out late. So by the time we get done from late and a little bit of drinking and chilling, by the time we go to bed, we don't get up till dinner time. <laughs> we try to squeeze a lunch in there. So we don't really do breakfast. But I actually enjoyed the fact that we did a late afternoon breakfast. Because, yeah. you know, my as my ritual goes... I don't like to eat five to six hours before a show. And if I am going to cut it that close, eggs don't sit on you the same way a cheeseburger does. Right. You know, but I tell you this, uh, I don't eat it much when I do eat breakfast, but I did eat it both at the Flying Biscuit and this place. And I forgot how much I like grits. Yeah. Grits would, and for the record, no sugar goes on grits. This is not up for debate. Only thing that go on grits is salt and butter. I know some of you Negroes put sugar. That's you high-end Sadiddy niggas. You Cosby niggas. Real black folk, salt. What what are you trying to get little kids to eat it? Um, kids like salt too. But they also like sugar. Yeah, I know, but you know. Um you like grits? Yeah. Grits is considered a slave food, isn't it? I don't know what grits is. I just know that my mom used to make it. Yeah, I forgot you. Your ancestry calm told you you was three percent, two percent black. No, that's what that is. Good. My, my people call it maize. Maize. It's corn. Okay. So do we, I, I don't. I don't know that if you're not from the south, do do whites really fuck with grits? I don't think that's a. No, white I think thing. it's. I think it's more of a southern. It's thing. It's a southern thing. Northern Northern white folks don't fuck with uh with grits. But it's been. Added to culinary, like in shrimp and grits. Well, shrimp and grits is the shit. Yeah, but that's that's kind of worked its way out of the South into mainstream okay. menus. I know black folks is big with grits. Uh, and the more butter, the more salt, the more better. Well, it's like a Spike Lee movie. That's, but that's what you said, too, because the, the butter didn't come in the grits. Usually right. there's a big dollop of butter right. In, uh, right in the center of the grits. And this All was like that heart attack it. shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like grits, man. Grits, grits is is, is good. I'm, I'm I miss grits. I like I like how you just say grits is good. Yeah, grits is good. Grits is good. That come with banana pudding. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Um, so two things you you told me to watch. Uh, that I watched <clears throat> on Netflix. Uh, one was called Night Stalker. Yeah. Now here's what I didn't know. I thought this was a one and done thing. I, I didn't know it was a series. Well, it was a short series, though. But there was, unless I'm doing something wrong, there was only one episode on Netflix. No, there was two. I, no, several. I watched several. 
So what am I doing wrong? Because here's what I didn't do. I didn't look for it on my Netflix at home at the house. I downloaded Netflix oh, on you my did, iPad. You probably downloaded the- And there was only one episode. Yeah. So there's more? Yeah, there's more. Oh, shit. Okay, because here's what I'm getting to. I, I assumed before I watched it, it was one and done. Um, and from what I saw on the picture on my iPad, it looked like they, was sh- they showed Richard Ramirez. So I thought it was the story about Richard Ramirez. It still may be. I don't know. Um, is it? You're going to have to watch the rest of the okay. Here, Okay, so let me, let me say this. Um, so I was prepared for this one thing. But then as I'm watching this, I'm realizing, and, you know, this is a series. And I was kind of mad at you because I went, Andy knows me. Why would he think I would want to watch this? And here's what I'm saying. It's not that it wasn't intriguing. It's not that it didn't captivate you because it did. And I love you, hate you because of this. Because I told you, I don't like squeamish shit. Shit about graphic, blood, murder, mayhem gives me the heebie-jeebies. So as I'm watching this and they're describing some of these heinous murders, I'm going, dude, I don't want to see this as a series but man, by the time that shit was over and the way they ended it, I was like, I'm, 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 I'm caught up. Yeah, because I'm I, in it now. I like the I, I didn't know anything about the detectives. Right. And they give you a lot of information about the detectives. And right. the one dude was young coming into uh, uh, homicide mm-hmm. uh, with sheriff's department. I mean, it's kind of cool to get the background sometimes, too. It is. And uh, uh, but when you watch it further. You're going to see, you talk about being squeamish just because of the murders. These investigators were scared. Yeah. Uh, and it, as you watch more, you'll see how, how scared they get. Okay. And see, and, and, and that's what's becoming intriguing to me because, again, when you already have it in your mind, you don't want to like something for the reasons you don't like it. You go, all right, I, I'm going to watch this because we said I, we we're going to talk about it, but I don't want to see this because this is just too much. Uh, but it's, you know, like you said, the, the cops backstory, the murders, what, 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 what's in, what's been in common, the pattern, uh, and then you find yourself going, I want them to catch this motherfucker. Yeah. But I know, I, I really believe I know it's about Richard Ramirez because I remember when I had bought a magazine, a time magazine that did a special on serial killers, he was the big scary dude in LA yeah. at that time. Um, like the one murder that they described where they said this motherfucker slit the girl's throat from ear to ear and with the same knife stabbed her in the slit. That means this motherfucker had to hold the knife in one position, go ear to ear, change knife positions to then put it in the slit and stab her. Look, man, as again, I so often say on this podcast, forgive me if, you, if I've said this before, but there's certain things I know I've said repeatedly, repeatedly. Anything about Dave Chappelle, stuff about comedy, stuff about pussy. I know I've said the same thing on more than one occasion. I know, I remember us talking about this somewhat in a different context. But I'm going to say again what I know I said before, because I've only said it that one time. Um, 
to all you people who will sit there and try to say eye for an eye is wrong. Uh, it doesn't bring your loved ones back. Um, you're not God and only God has the power to take another life. Fuck that. Fuck you. Here's what I say. Because when you look at this first episode and you see how heinously this motherfucker murdered these women and people, you see how heinously he terrorized them. I mean, terror. Um, There was even the one where he beat up the 16-year-old girl. And what I didn't get was all the children that he molested, he didn't kill kill any of them. He had a line. He had a lot, a, a, a sadistic motherfucker with a with a with a uh, with an ethic. It's I, I almost laugh when I say it. I mean, I did laugh because it's just even the most. Well, sadi- well, it, well, go ahead, finish. Yeah, but even the most sadistic person, they have a lot. Like you can't, I can't even understand that when you watch this. I can't understand it. And I will say this: as as shitty as this sounds, thank God for that. That yeah, because I'm just going. It's one thing to molest a child and to terrorize a child, a defenseless, helpless child with no chance of defense. But damn it, and I know they're scarred for life, but at least they're alive. At least they can get therapy and maybe come out of this. But But these, they were horrific. He's a horrific person, so I don't know. um, Well, let me finish my point. Here's what I'm saying. I think that when you're that sick, I don't give a fuck. Obviously, it's mental, whatever the fuck it is. Mental, maybe you just evil. You just a scum piece of shit. Here's what I think should happen. I think all people like that should be gathered up, flown to a private island uh, where they're dropped off. And I don't like hunters. I've said this. I can't stand hunters. People, those when I see on the internet, and I've seen pictures of those big game hunters posing next to dead giraffes, majestic animals, lions, rhinos. I hate people that hunt. I fucking hate them. Cause again, if I love animals, man, if you've ever been to a zoo and seen one of those animals up close, it's 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 beautiful. If you've ever been to Africa and seen them in the wild which I have, it's gorgeous for you to take that life. I can't stand hunters. That being said, I think hunters should also be flown to that island a day later and should be allowed to hunt and kill these people. If you want to kill something, leave the lion and the tiger and the hippo and the elephant alone. Kill Richard Ramirez. Kill Ted Bundy. Kill that bitch that, uh, the lady, Charlize Theron. The one female serial killer that she played. I can't remember the name of that movie. Uh, with Richie. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't remember. Uh, all the serial killers, man. Them six sadistic fucks. Why don't you just send them on the island and let them kill each other? Because I don't think they would. I think they're like coons. They balance each other out. They, they, they stick together. No, I, I, just, I don't know. I would just assume there has to be alphas in there and they're going to have to. But but see, I wouldn't want to take the chance on them not doing that. Okay. I, I want them dead. Dead. And I would love to see those hunters shoot and kill those cocksuckers and take pictures with them the way they do them animals. Because and and and, I'm, and we're talking about this, so let me not make it racial, but I got to make this one point. Another reason why I hate hunters is because those pictures 
where they sit there and with pride, like a fucking here's my trophy. It reminds me of those black and white photos of niggas hanging from trees and the mobs posing. Like, look what we did. So that's another reason why I don't like hunting. Now, I know people that hunt may think that's extreme of an idea and thought. But fuck that. At the end of the day, death is death. You're taking the life of something that you shouldn't be fucking fucking with. But I'm telling you, man, there's no... And there are people that will try to justify not the behavior... But the mindset or let's feel sorry for Richard Ramirez or Ted Bundy because something happened along the way that caused, I don't want to hear that. I got to believe no matter how sick you are mentally, you know what you're doing. And when you hear someone scream no and stop and you bypass that, then fuck that. But you brought up hunters. I got to ask you a question. But you eat meat, right? Yep. Okay. And what, what's your feelings on, like, deer? If I ate deer, I'd be fine with it. But I don't eat deer. Yeah, but you think it should be hunted? I don't think any animal should be hunted. But then they unless, overpopulate. Unless it's for food and survival. But they overpopulate, and then they die of starvation. Who does? Deers. That's why you see all those deers when, you're dri- like when you drive uh, on the freeways up on the, on the uh, northern in the east coast and you'll see So you think that, that hunters are doing hunters a, are, yeah. a favor? With deers, yeah. Okay, when they overpopulate, so what are you saying? They run out of the forest, and that's why they get hit by cars. That's part, no, that's that's part of the overpopulation is that they're, and that's part of our fault because we we put roads in where they live. But uh, they'll they'll die um, of starvation because there's not enough food during the winter time for when they. Uh, okay, well then that's nature's choice. But should they be hunted though? No, let nature do its thing. But then shouldn't you stop eating meat? Because how do you justify that you get to eat for survival? But it's still, they have to kill the animal. For survival. I don't mind for survival. If, if, the thing be, if what's standing in between me and death is a meal, that's different. So all the people, I'm not killing for sport. So all the people like in the Midwest that actually hunt and kill their food and then bring it back home and then they... they okay, fine. They, that, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. As long as you eat it. But just to do it, just to, to hang go it, look what I did. Just to hang it on a trophy wall. Right. Duh, okay. Fuck that. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, man, I, I, you know. What about pulling a marlin out of the water and, and stuffing it and putting it in your house? I'm against that, too. F- so fish. Yeah. Fry that, motherfucker. Okay, I'm just checking. Yeah. I just want to know what the, what your, what your. Only, only living things that should be killed is roaches. <laughs> what about spiders? Any insects. <laughs> Lead it, fuck, take the insects, nigga. Don't fuck, don't fuck with the bees. Because the bees make the honey that go into the. Uh, what you put honey? What you put in honey? What put honey go on? Everything. Biscuits, food, breasts, Everything. nipples. You know what I mean? What about what about those African bees? African bees. The African killer bees. What? They, what purpose do they serve? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Oh, I just thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna African get, thing. I thought you were gonna. <laughs> don't fuck with the African bees. They leave the African bees alone. Come on, we have a special relationship with them. Leave them alone. Um, yeah, man, I, 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 I just, you know, and you know, it's I, I, maybe if I, maybe I would want to watch a documentary to see what goes into the mindset. But I, I I'm not that curious because again, when you do shit like that, what do you expect me to feel for you? That's just horrible, man. That that's that's horrible. 
You know that 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 when he when they said the one story about the Asian girl, and she was ducking down underneath the counter, and he waited for her to pop her head up, just so he could shoot her in the head. That's like it was. That was when. That's when I really went this dude. Right, and then her roommate, he tried to shoot her. She put her hands up. The bullet hit her key. Then she tried to run out the front thinking he was going to run out the back garage, which is how he came in. But then he runs out the front, sees her, and she just said to him, when are you going to try to kill me again? You already shot me once. And they said he just walked away. That would be like, wouldn't that be a question that you want? What what was he thinking in that moment? You know, that he looks at her. He's already shot her. The the weirdest thing in the world, the the bullet hits her thing of keys because she puts over her face and it, it flies. And then... She sees him. He sees her again when they were in run to the other doors, and he goes, and she just says that. And what, what, what do you think? He went, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I, I, I would imagine to be terrified that he knows where you live. Is he coming back? Back, yeah. What do you think? She ever went back to that house? I doubt she. I doubt it. How could you sleep there? Blood all over no. your roommates. Blood all no, over the walls. You got to be out body. Of like that. That's just my God, man. Uh. Yeah, that that idea though that you just like he was enjoying it so much that he's standing on the other side of that that counter, just waiting for her, just casually waiting for her to come up. Right. You know, he's just like, mm. right, mm. right, right. Or 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 when when he said that when she was leaving the bar, he drove along. He was driving behind her, following her. Then he, you know, drove up alongside her, turned and just looked at her smiled with this evil grin and just kept staring at her while she was driving. I would have drove straight to the police station. Yeah, I, I and spent the night I mean, at the police station. Yeah. I uh, wouldn't have been uh I would have been really careful about going home at least. Right. But it was LA and it was a different time too. You know, I know you don't hear about it and and I and I and I think, you know, we all know that the media has a bias towards covering black people the same way they do everybody else. So you tend to think that because you don't hear about it, it doesn't happen. But at the same time, I, I'm, I'm almost willing to bet that if you were to, well, those statistics show. I'm sure there are black women who die at the hands of sick black men, like, like a Richard Ramirez. But again, the news coverage doesn't seem to be the same. But statistically, serial killing has always been a white man's crime. And most times they go after victims who are never black women. It's it's usually white women or other ethnic groups, but it's mainly white women. White men go after white, white women. women. And well, first of all, and I'm not, you know, obviously I'm against this kind of heinous shit. But thank God, nigga. And I don't mean that I don't mean to say that to be insensitive. I'm just saying that would be one of my biggest nightmares is to get that phone call from a female in my life who I love and know that has to go through something heinous like that. You know what I'm saying? My daughter, my mother, an aunt, a best friend. Well, I ain't got no female friends because, you know, I, I fuck. Um, so we can't be friends. If we, um, an ex-girlfriend, an ex-wife, or whatever. Um, so, again, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but thank God. Because I just, when you hear how some of these women go, were murdered you just go oh my god could you imagine 
Um, yeah, I didn't get the racial component in that. What do you mean? What you just said? Like, be, you think you're you think black women are protected? No, what I'm saying is, it has been statistically proven that serial killers, yeah, are white males, yeah, and, and most of their victims are white, white women. women. I get what you're saying. I'm not saying there yeah. are black women who don't get murdered in that fashion. I'm sure there are, but uh, statistically. That's not something black men do. Well, do you think that might be racist that a white dude isn't killing black women as well? I'll take it. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know you'd be funny, uh, I'm but sorry. I'll take it. And that's why I said I'm not trying to be insensitive because there are women that are being brutally murdered. So I'm not trying to be insensitive when I say that, but I'm just going because it's not that way. That's something we don't really have to worry about. I get that. But with this uh, with this killer. Plus, I also think, and this is, you know, again, not being insensitive. Black women are fighters. I'm not saying white women aren't. But this is why I said it's funny to me when I see white women so macho in movies kicking ass. Because white women, and Tommy Davidson did a joke about this. White women talk a lot of shit. All women are mouthy. But when you slap the shit out of bitch, white women start crying. Why could you do this? You slap the shit out of black woman, nigga, square up. You just you just ain't gonna slap a black woman and she gonna fold and cry. Not saying she could beat you, because you're still a man. But a black woman got some fight in her, goddammit. A black woman know how to finger snap, neck move, eye roll. Nigga, what? A black woman, you're going to have to fight a black woman. So if you're a white dude that's going to try to serial kill a sister, I'm not saying you can't get it off because you still got the advantage of being a man. But, nigga, you better be ready because a black woman ain't going out like that, nigga. Well, uh, and, and just to this this particular case, with this Night Stalker case, this guy defied, defied logic because, like you said, the, that one woman was Asian. Right. Um, kids. Right. Men. Right, like he, he was an equal opportunist uh, killer. Killer, he we, and that's what made it so difficult for them to find him. Right, and they talk about that as well. Right, so you got more coming up. Um, and when the one dude who they thought, <coughs> COVID, a one white dude who they thought was him, when they said they, because he was reported following women. This is creepy, man. He was reported following women, and then they eventually got a search warrant, went to his house. They say all, they say they found all the cut-up pictures of women from nudie magazines, and here's what was the creepy, disturbing part. Not the pictures, because my dad did that. I told you, my dad had photo albums, nigga. And instead of real family photos, this nigga cut out pictures of black women from Hustler and, and you know, Jugs Magazine. So my father was just a... And there's nothing creepy in that. You know, it's all entertainment. Um, It'd be creepier today because you don't have to get magazines and cut them out. I mean, it's on your phone. Yeah, it's on your phone, but niggas, it's old-fashioned. Yeah, but the, yeah, that's, yeah. I'm just saying for any younger people that listen to this, they might go, no, dude, that's creepy. Right. But back then, you didn't have access. Exactly. So you had to go to the porn store with the trench coat on. Um, <laughs> so my dad had to... My dad had... That, that's not the creepy part. The creepy part was when they said they found women's underwear... Mm-hmm. And he cut slits in the crotch. I don't even think having women's underwear is creepy. 
You know, it, it, listen, again, the older you get, the more you figure out what you like. And there's nothing wrong every now and then with the smell of a of a female queef leftover. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, you know, you know, in a lot of uh, um, Asian countries, mm-hmm. you can get uh, women's underwear used in vending machines. You said that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, that, so it, it's, it's more common than you think. Yeah, but to cut the slit where the vagina is, now we getting into what the fuck is wrong with you territory. Well, maybe he wants to put it over his face, but he wants to breathe a little bit. Listen, when you watch this, <laughs> what would you do if you got on the plane and the guy sitting next to you wasn't wearing a mask? He's wearing a woman's underwear. <laughs> I would stare at that nigga the whole flight. The whole flight. <laughs> just sitting there. Dead ass. Just, just, just smiling. Just, nah, I ain't smiling, nigga. I'm standing him dead ass like Barkley looked at Kevin Durant when they gave him that one word answer. Um,. Yeah, man, when you look at this dude, and this is why I'm telling you, man, there was something about this dude. There are certain dudes you could just look at and tell he don't have luck with women. Yeah. You, yeah. you just don't have a and, – and again, it's, there's a talent that comes with that, being able to talk to abroad, having some swagger. And I know, again, not a lot of men have that. It's awkward. You're uncomfortable. Every man wants to get laid, but every man doesn't know how. And there's some dudes out there that, you know, maybe collecting women's draws and taking pictures of women out of nudie, nudie magazines and beating off. That's as, that's as good as it gets for you. Well, that dude that they did, that they did bring in for questioning, he looked like he was uh, in his early stages still. Like, like he, ain't, he ain't there yet. Yeah, he ain't, The slits in the drawers is the beginning. Yeah, he's working. And I'm going to say out. this. Remember that movie, I think it was with Tom Cruise, I think it was called Minority Report. Yeah. Where they could see you do the crime before you did it. Yeah. I wish we had that kind of technology. Because, you know, obviously you can't arrest somebody for something they haven't done yet. But when the signals are there, just like with alleged or potential terrorists, we got to keep a watch on these niggas, man. Well, bug their phones, something. But would the family, see this, would their family turn them in? Like okay, you're a little creepy. But but I would need you to wait you... for that? Would you wait for that? By that time, it could be too late. No, but I think the family knows when you're when you you could. Don't you think you display? But when you say the family turns them in, turns them in when they can't turn them in for something they haven't done. I know, but that you're just saying minority report. Can you say you you need to watch my kid? Oh yeah, they should definitely do that. But you would turn in your kid. Yeah. Or would you, you would you talk to him and say, listen? I or, talk. I talk. To, I talk to you once. <laughs> if I see repeated behavior, I'm not gonna have you out there hurting women, nigga. I'm, I'm gonna talk to you once. Once. Nigga. Once. And then after that, after that, did nigga, you, you turn them in? You, turn you, let, you put them on the list. I put them on the list, nigga, because I'm not gonna have you out here violating women. But when you're a little kid, you don't know. Like I, I shouldn't say little. When you're like a, a teen, when you're like uh, what is it, going through puberty, right? You don't think you didn't do any weird weird things like. I don't know what if I did any weird things. I'm just trying to think. If, if, I, I did what every other dude did. I played with my dick. Yeah, that's, that's not. That's not yeah, but that's not weird. Yeah, and I ain't do no weird shit. You're I right. No, yeah, I think you could I ain't see. No weird I, you, ass nigga. You could see. You'd be able to see. Yeah, so much weird. My uh, biggest fantasy when I was a teen was wishing I could fuck an older woman. <laughs> that was you, it. Yeah, I'm just thinking about raising my two boys. They didn't do any. They they stayed in their bathroom a lot. 
uh, in the bedroom. By themselves or together? No, by themselves. And, and mm-hmm. we went through a lot of... Uh, um, I used to... <laughs> <laughs> I bought. There was three guys living in one house. I bought. Uh, I bought those uh, blue mechanic towels because mm-hmm. I w- I was tired of my son True grabbing a a towel right because I didn't want to use any of the towels at the house right. So I, I bought. <laughs> I bought the blue mechanics paper towels right. You just it's a little. That way I knew that that blue towel. It better not. I better not. When I basically I said I better not see any of these blue towels. They better be thrown away. Right. I don't want to see them. Mm. Yeah, that, but that is weird as I think our house got. Yeah, no, and listen, man, and I must just say this because this is my last <laughs> note on this. Um, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, I don't think anybody should have to experience the loss of a loved one to a heinous act by a sick, sadistic motherfucker. And Lord knows, I hope I never have to. But again, when I've seen that, that, that those the footage of the people in court where the father or the uncle or the brother leap over the goddamn thing to get put hands on the motherfucker that took their child. I think it's wrong. I, I know we got to live by laws or otherwise we have anarchy. But something, man, I, and I know it ain't going to bring your child back, but whatever that does for you, give you some sort of closure or some temporary satisfaction, I think, I think kinfolk should have the right to be in a room with them people and do as they will with them for a certain amount of time. I'm sorry. I, I just, I think it's wrong to have somebody taken from you. And, and then the only justification you're supposed to get is to see them go to jail. Um, you gotta be, a, I, I think you should be able to get some kind of rage out on their ass. Well, like in the wild West times, if someone defiled a family member, you go kill them. Right. Yeah. And I'm not trying to advocate. Well, I just did when I said the island with the hunters. I'm not trying to advocate murder, but, but goddamn, man, it's just something. I don't know. I just, I, something, if you, if you, if you make somebody suffer like that, you should suffer. That's all I'm saying. See, putting people on an island like that, though, the, the people may turn that into betting. Like what do you they, mean? they would have like a, that turned into a cable station. And then you'd like go, glamorize it. They, they had to go hunt the the, the you, you'd bet on which hunter was going to take out. Yeah, well, why not? I don't know. That's weird. No, nah, not to me. It ain't making it's, money. Making money off someone else's sadness, though. You're still making people, money. People always make money off a of tragedy. Yeah. Somebody's making money. The coroner, the 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 the, the, the cemetery. What you call the play, the people that mortuary? Mortuary. They making money. Yeah. So fuck that. All right, more of happy time. <laughs> The second documentary I watched was this thing, Crack. <laughs> <laughs> would, would, it, would it make you feel better? It was like the hunter was standing over like whatever it killed, and it made it like a took its fingers and made like that happy face, like the Joker happy mm-hmm. face, and just made it smile, so it didn't look like the animal was so sad when it was dead. No, that ain't gonna do shit. I, I, no, I just want. I, I don't think big game hunting. I just want because I'm making fun of it a little bit. Right. But I, I don't like big game hunting. I don't have any. Thing hanging from my house, or would want to do my animals? Yeah, I wouldn't go out and shoot something. Yeah. I understand. I understand population control with right. with like things that uh, like that are going to suffer because there's too many of them. But it, but it, I'll say this: even the big game hunting, don't make it. Don't be a coward about it. Put the gun away. Go in with a spork and uh, 
That's it. Dude, uh, a, a plastic knife. And, like, give the animal a chance. Don't hide in a fucking bush or from a distance where they can't see you and just take it down. Dude, there's a video of Jared Allen. He's a, he was a football player. He's retired now. Right. But he was a hunter. He was, he was a hunter. But he, uh, he was hunting wild boar, and he had a knife, and he was in a tree, and he waited for the boar to walk underneath the tree. And then he jumped out of the tree right. and just took the boar out. Did he do it successfully? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's not why. He didn't retire from football because he got killed by a boar or anything like that. He took mm-hmm. the boar out. I mean, that's pretty – and he did, like, with him, he ate all the meat. All the yeah, meat. but I, fuck that. Let it see you coming. <laughs> look, look, look Lion King in the face. Do you, does a, uh, when you watch lions hunt or anything hunt, it doesn't let you see it coming. It, 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 no, but again, you're talking about nature. I'm not going to – He was hiding in a tree waiting. That, well, he that's was, natural for niggas to hide in a tree and jump out with a knife? Yeah, for him. Jared, it was. Yeah, well. Took that thing out. Okay, <laughs> it's not an easy takeout. It's not; it, it, those are dangerous. Yeah, it's easier to take out when it doesn't see you coming. Well, but that's how hunting's done in, okay, in I, nature. Like I said coward. No, in nature, that's nah, how hunting's nah, done. Nah. Nature by whom? When they when a, like when a wild cat goes to chase the gazelle. Yeah, but that's nature versus nature. That's different. I'm not talking about nature versus nature. I'm talking about man. Well, if man relied just on man's skills, man would be dead. Those all the animals well, would ate does, us up. And what does that tell you? No, because there's a way to do it without dying. That's when you put your skills to the test. Yeah, most of us wouldn't make it, and most of us today, none of us would probably make it. Well, I don't know about that. Let, I, let's see. Let's see. A, a crackhead can do anything. <laughs> I seen a crackhead on a motorcycle with a refrigerator on its back. <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you are truly hungry, life finds a way. So on this network of. Of vengeance, we we'll call right. it vengeance. The first, the first wave is just a bunch of crack addicts, and they go in there and they try to take out the dude. And then if they, that's that's like the that's like the the, the early fights. Yes. What, what do they call those fights? What, what's the, the the whatever the fights are before the main event? Oh, the, right. yeah, the yeah. the, the, the um, undercards. The undercards. That's yeah. it. The crackhead is the undercard. Right. The undercard game goes on. He goes right. in there. He. Try, he and it's probably not like the best killer, but he was right. killer. He had to go out, so the, the crack addict takes that. And then the main event right. is the is the, the, the. Here's what would really happen: the crackheads would take out the sick niggas, and then the crackheads would take out the main event. <laughs> so it's the only one standing. It's the crackheads. I'm telling you, crackheads are amazing when put to the test. All right, speaking of crack, um, so I watched this thing crack, um, and I'm gonna tell you something, man. I always say I grew up poor, which I did. Uh, grew up in uh, Manhattan, Hell's Kitchen area. Um, a lot of roaches, some mice. Um, but it's not until you watch this documentary that you know what real poverty is. I was poor, but I wasn't poor, nigga. Them places in, you know, the Bronx, Brooklyn, certain parts of New York where Literally, kids are playing amongst dirty mattresses, broken down, abandoned cars, trash piled up to the rafters, and the rats are playing with you. That's a whole nother level of poverty. When rats are pets. Man. Yeah, dude. The projects. I never grew up in the projects. A broken, you know, abandoned apartments and broken windows. I was poor nigga, but I wasn't poor. 
God damn, dude. That shit's crazy. And that, you know, it sounds like a long time ago. Right. But it's not a long time ago. Right. I mean, it's the 80s. Yeah, and 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 listen, man, I'm 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 this is again where I I'm thankful to my my, my parents, particularly my mother, uh cuz she was the mother and father many times, but she was such a driving force in terms of making sure that we didn't grow up that way. Uh having to work two jobs, a busted right wrist, um always put food on the table. <clears throat> Best she could, clothes on her back. And again, when a lot of kids was outside playing and ripping and running, me and my sister was in the house doing book reports and reading so that we didn't say things like, where the is? These right there. Who that there? What color is that? What color is it? What color is it? Orange. Orange. <laughs> we didn't say things like orange. Um, I heard that this because weekend. I'm telling you, man. Um, when you see them crackheads, man, smoking that crack, that life, just smoking crack and selling drugs, just looks awful. I'm, I'm glad that was never that had to be an option on the table for survival, dude. Uh, I, when they talk about it, they talk about that first hit, and then you're you're hooked just right. off that one. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you this this is a true story. Um, I did coke. I admit it. I did a lot of coke. Yeah, in you the said 80s. that yeah. on the podcast. Okay. I did a lot of coke. I, I, I really enjoyed doing coke um, at that time, at my youthful twenties. Mm-hmm. And one day, this dude who's uh, just just a, a kind of a, I guess a coke buddy, but somebody that I knew, um, he came up to me at the club that I was at, and he goes, "Hey, man, I just heard about these new uh, crack. It's called. It's like a cocaine cigarette. It's called crack." He goes, I, "This dude's selling these cigarettes. Man, you want to go get one?" And I go, yeah, let's go, let's go check it out. So we got in the car, and we couldn't find the guy. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I didn't know anything about it at the time. Dude, I don't know what would have happened to me if I would have. Have you ever done anything? And again, I've never done coke, so I don't know. Um, so I, can't, I don't know what the effects of coke is. But I remember the one white guy said, he described it. He was like, there was a euphoria. And he said, back in the 80s when coke was thought of as a white drug because it was an expensive drug and I tried it and it I was like where has this been yeah um and like I said I've done ecstasy and I think I heard there's traces of coke in it but it's also mixed with other shit it depends on who made it right but that's the most euphoric I've ever felt and that feeling is amazing now obviously the side effects are nearly the same. But again, this is a duh moment. Duh. If you could smoke crack and it didn't fuck you up the way that it does, it wasn't addictive the way that it is, to experience a euphoria like that, because I got to imagine the euphoria is 10 times better than ecstasy. Who wouldn't want to feel that? As long as, you know, it didn't fuck your life up. Yeah, well, I don't know how else to explain it without it fucking your life up. Because, see, one of the things about uh, doing coke that's different from crack, that coke, coke was semi-social. I mean, mm-hmm. it got weird when you got fucked up, but you're doing lines, and you, you put out a little, little, little tray with some lines on it, and everybody's doing it together. It's like drinking. It's like going and drinking. Like, you're right. all in the same... Like, when you said ecstasy, you take ecstasy, and then you go out amongst people... 
yeah, you're you're in a euphoric state, but you don't you're not necessarily out with other people that are doing the same thing as you. You're not in the same place. It's not as social. Right. Uh, cocaine. That's what made cocaine. Uh, like when when you see it at Studio Fifty Four, and the, it was part of the social atmosphere. They were all doing it together. It was like they were all in on it. They were all just like it's similar to drinking. That's the social aspect of it. Crack doesn't have a social aspect. It just has an addictive aspect. Where and the reason it was looked, you, you get. You burn your hands. I mean, when you get really addicted to it, you are right. you're at the will of it. And, and I don't know. I just I only know one girl who was a crack addict. And if you even talked about crack, her ears would turn red. Like she had a fit. Like just talking about it, her ears would turn Jesus. red. So she had a physical effect from just even bringing up the word crack and then talking about it. Jesus. So it, it is. It's. I, I I'm very. I feel very fortunate that. Um, that that day we couldn't find the dude, and then I started hearing things about it, and I heard how addictive it was, and I go, "Now nah, I'm already, I'm already into this too much that I don't even want right. to try something else." And that that's kind of well. I just is. I just applaud you because you know, I guess some people are weaker than others, but you obviously snapped out of it or, or knew it was time to snap out of it. Well, dude, you get older, and it's a financial situation too. Well, some motherfuckers snap into it, can never snap out of it, yeah. and even when they can't afford it, will do heinous shit to keep getting to it. Keep getting it. Yeah. So, you know, you obviously had something in you that some other people don't have. I, I just don't have, I, I mean, I shouldn't say that I don't have an addictive personality. We all have things that we're addicted to. Um, that just wasn't one of them. I like the social aspect uh, of, of doing coke, especially at that age. And right. I would, like, when you're talking about... Uh, having uh skills like talking to women and things i wasn't skilled in that area so to to have a social uh um would break down those social barriers you're doing some coke you're talking there was a way to you know make some conversation um that changed that changed that for me that that's what opened that up so really outside if if it didn't even have that component i don't know how long i would have if i would have really fucked with it because it's expensive man um and I've said this before, this country, man, the blessing and the curse, it's it's a great country for so many reasons, but it's also so fucking filthy. Dude, that shit when they broke down how, you know, and black people have always said, well, you know, you know, when crack hit the black community, it exploded like a bomb. Who's bringing these drugs into our community? Black people don't own planes and boats. We're not the ones flying this shit over here. But yet it's flooded in our community and destroys our community. Um, and, I, and I think that's what partly what that movie was that Tom Cruise did, uh, where he played the airplane pilot. Yeah. Who was, you know. The CIA. Yeah. Um, to know that the government, as they broke down, and I wrote it down, um, turning a blind eye to drugs, supplying Iran with guns and rockets for profit, that they give to Nicaragua in exchange for Coke. Well, the Coke was to get the money so they could make the money so they could buy the guns so they could go back there. It was it was it was it was heinous what right. they were doing. Um but and here you have Ronald Reagan and of course Nancy Reagan, who's the leader of the slogan, say no to drugs. Just say no. Just say no. And then from there all the way to the Clintons and to signing laws in effect that if you use drugs and you get caught and the punishment and of course the, 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 the punishment is not equal to the white counterparts and well it, 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 was, it was powder cocaine 
was was uh, it's mandatory sentencing that they made. Powder cocaine had a different mandatory sentence than even one. Uh, I don't know one rock, crack rock. Right. You could the sentencing was stricter. Uh, which I don't want to get into a political discussion, but that's one of the things that is one. When people say name the thing that uh, Trump did, that's one of the things that he did. He 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 even that playing field out on in uh, that powder cocaine and crack rock cocaine were the same um, level. It was no longer that if you had a pound of coke, but you only had an ounce of uh, crack, that you were going to prison forever, and the pound of coke guy got off. Right. The it's they he leveled that playing field. So he but that's also because of the people he was working with. Uh, yeah, but 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 just to stay to the eighties, um you know, Reagan, man and again, we know all politicians are shady. But goddamn. Like to sit there and and uh, this is why I said and I and I and I know you've you know kind of set me straight on some of it. And D.L. Hewley, again, he called me personally to question me and go, what are you saying, young man? But this is why I go with voting. Does it really fucking matter? Because y'all sit here and play this image of yourselves and talk all this political jargon like this is what you're going to do and you're trying to be right. But then you're both facing lying at the same time. And again, when have black people benefited from any president truthfully? Uh, and, and and I'm just going, it's all bullshit. You benefit in the vote. I, I still say that the, that the Congress has more effect on the way that our lives are going to happen. Uh, a president was only one branch of government and was supposed to be the leader, but not. It, it's, a, it's a position where the laws are supposed to be coming from Congress and towards the agenda of what the president wants, but it still comes from Congress. And then you battle in that room for what works best for your community. So voting, I think, is extremely, still extremely important. Um, I just don't like our party system. We have two parties, this and, and one of the parties, which is the Republican Party, is now fractured. And it's, I think, I, I was just watching something yesterday, and I don't want to get too far off of where we are because I'm going to send this back to Reagan. Um, that we have a two-party system, but the Republican Party is fractured. I think they're trying to keep it together, and they're trying to appease Trump because they don't want him to break the party apart because if there's the Trump party, whatever what that will be called, and then the Republicans, because Trump was never a Republican. He was a Democrat his whole life and then switched over to Republicans. And there's a very famous article that you brought up here on the podcast before where he said he would, if he did run for president, he'd probably run as a Republican because they're more... He said, I forgot what his, his words were, so I'm not going to quote it. But... Going that being said, they're trying to keep it together so that uh, because the Republicans will fall out and because there's not an, uh, that 74 million versus 75 million or 76 million will turn into 35 million and 40 million and then 70 million for Democrats. That's what they're worried about. That's really what they're worried about right now. So here, let's uh, but let's go to what you said about Reagan. Um, Reagan was also like and I'm not making an excuse for Reagan. He was also disintegrating because Reagan did a lot of bad shit before then. Um, when they did, uh, I, he had to know something about this though. And for your president to not, to, to turn a blind eye to the, uh, to drugs coming into this country, which is a problem in the first place, because, uh, there was, there was no, there's no controls on what's coming in from out of the country and they're helping bring it in. This is, this is, this goes against everything that his wife was running out and yelling about and just say no. Well, these are the people that are actually, if he's turning a blind eye to it, he's actually the supplier. 
so she's saying just say no. Well, he his his uh, stat. I mean, they say he didn't. How much did he know? I don't know how much he knew. Uh, but he had to know some. Oh, I knew everything. I was the one signing the checks. Uh, he's just a sad case for me because I, I don't know. That, and I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad for a guy who did fucked up shit because I think he fucked up a lot of shit. I, I Again, he was another one of those people that had policies that worked economically but really hurt the people. Um, dude, when was, you say the people, you mean what people? Everybody? Everybody. No. He hurt the average American because... The you know we were talking here. Let's do this real quick. Last night we saw a homeless guy. Right, homeless. The homeless situation in America has just exploded after Reagan, and the reason it exploded is because he cut uh, all these uh, programs that were for people for mental health and uh, just all those programs getting cut has led to all these people, uh, so many more people being homeless. People that need, that aren't able to work, that aren't able, they have issues. They don't, there's no place for them to go. And we saw the guy who was going to sleep last night on, in the like, porch area, the entrance way. The to, doorway to the to comic club. Because it was, uh, it was open. And he didn't go there when anybody was there. He didn't know anybody was even in the building. He just wanted to live because it was cold last night. 26 degrees. So... When I say hurts the people, I'm talking about the people that, the real people. And I don't mean to say real people. The people who struggle daily in this country. The people that are trying to make ends meet. The people who are trying to do best for their kid. I mean, when you're a billionaire, are you? I'm not trying to say you're not a person, but you have your life is completely disconnected from the rest of what America is. Because that's we're talking about the one percent. So the other ninety nine percent of us are living life a different way. I'm talking about those people. Those are the people that we are. We actually pay bills. We actually have to do things for ourselves. Um, we're not paying lobbying people to uh, spending a billion dollars on lobbying to save us $2 billion. We're trying to get $2. So that's the people I'm talking about. That's the people that he hurt. Um, but on the other hand, when you say, you know, you want your, you want, you know, do you get people back? I mean, I thought one of the saddest stories is hearing about how, uh, Nancy Reagan saw him in the kitchen. Uh, this is after he's president, after he is already done, and uh, his he was all wet. And she said, "Ronnie, what's that? You know, what's what's?" And so he he pulls out, he, he reaches into his pocket, and he had this little uh, White House that was from the fish tank. And apparently, he was looking at the fish tank, and he saw the White House, and he pulled it out, and he put it in his pocket. And he goes, "I don't know what this is, but I, I think it's important." I don't know what this is, but I think it's important. How sad is that, though? You, you, is mean, it the Alzheimer's? Yeah. Right. So you, you know, I'm not saying that he deserved it. I'm just saying, um, you know, you, life has a way of taking care of you. Well, I think he should have felt that same way when he visited the ghettos in the Bronx and Brooklyn. And he should have said, I don't know what this is, but I think it's important. important. And that would have been a great way to put it because he does. He didn't know what it was. Right. And he wasn't trying to know what it was. Yeah. And even when he did, it felt like a dog and pony show. Well, that's all he could put on. I mean, this is the funniest part. When and then getting back to it, and, and I'm going to end up and going back where I don't want to go. But he was an actor playing a president, and then our last president, up until I don't even want to. I, I hate giving him attention. Uh, the president, our previous president, mm -hmm. was a was a businessman playing a president. He was playing Ronald Reagan. 
cool. So he's a, a basically a copy of a copy. Right. And not a good actor. So it was bad. This is what we ended up, this is where we this is where we are. But getting back to our crack in, in our community, it also it also made a lot of money in, in it hurt a lot of the black community, but it also made a lot of money in the black community. Right. So how do you I mean famously it's made people a lot of money. How do you uh how do you reconciliate that? Right. The one last uh thing I wanted to make want to talk about was, you know, obviously as they're showing this documentary, they're interviewing people who either sold crack or were addicted to crack. Uh like the one lady who was addicted to it who clearly seemed like she had no teeth. Uh yeah, she she didn't look like she recovered ever. Right. Um, but then they interviewed the one lady who did say she was 20 years sober. Uh, and then they showed the footage from back in the 80s where the police were snatching niggas up off the streets. Because I remember, just to keep it in context, what they said was a lot of the police didn't give a shit that crack was being sold in the black community openly. They didn't give a shit that uh, children were exposed to it and you know, there were murders and gunshots at night, and a lot of people out of fear stayed locked in their homes. A lot of the cops were being paid off by the dealers. Um, but it's always like the same story. It's not until your own are affected that now it's a problem. So once the cop got shot in his squad car by some drug dealers, oh, it was on then. Cops all across the nation started rounding niggas up like, you know, there was, there was a prize to it. And the one black lady said as she was shackled and then they show her shackled with a other bunch of black ladies and a chain link and they're all shipped on a van or in a van or a bus and they're all being, and these are her words, so I'm shackled. With, first she said we were stripped naked. Then we were shackled. Then we were put on a bus and we were driven somewhere not knowing where we were going. And she compared it to our ancestors and what they went through. And even before she made the comparison, the way the, you saw the visual of the black women shackled in them chains, you automatically thought of slavery. Yeah. I didn't need her to say it to see it. Um, but then as I'm thinking it, she's saying it. Um, so she says it, you see it, and then she finishes with that last part. Um, it rem- it, it, she said, uh, it, you know, it, 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 it reminded me of what our ancestors went through. And I kind of went, I see what you're going for. But the difference is our ancestors didn't smoke crack. And so to compare that situation, and I get the racial connotation, but to compare that situation to our ancestors... I don't know if I could get with that because our ancestors weren't shackled and stripped naked and put on a boat not knowing where they were going because they smoked crack. They were, that's a whole nother thing. So I don't know if that's a great comparison. But the, the imagery is correct. But, but The imagery uh, is correct. But also you got to remember this too. When, you, when they talked about smoking crack, and I never smoked crack, so I don't know. But when they say you're addicted immediately, no one thinks I'm going to have this hit and I'm going to be instantly a slave to this drug. So I'm not saying that it, the comparison, I see what you're saying. You, you self, that was self-imposed. You put that on yourself. Yeah. But 
if people had known or understood, but they, there's warnings. I mean, you saw the other people that were fucked up. Right. I don't know. It's a tough one, but I think the imagery is correct, and I understand you understood the point. Uh, but to the other point of what you said is that the police didn't care that crack was being sold in the black community. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I know there's a racial component yeah. to it. But remember the line from The Godfather uh, when they talk about um, how did he, I, I, I'm trying to remember the line when he says uh, when Don Corleone comes back and they said that they weren't because they didn't want drugs. They didn't want the, the, the families running drugs. And they said, no, let them have the drugs, but only deal it in the blacks with the blacks. Are you sure? Because the scene I remember is when uh, Vito Corleone. Uh, was telling Salazzo he didn't want to deal with drugs because drugs was a dirty business. Yes. You know, I don't want to deal in drugs. What you do is a dirty business. I, I wish I could remember that scene because it's such a great scene because then Santino, his son, Sonny, yes. speaks out of place. And then when he says, Salazzo, I often have a weak spot for my children. They often talk when they should listen. And then when the meeting is over, he goes, Santino, never tell anyone outside the family again what you're thinking. This, yeah. this was the scene when they came back and they said it was after he was shot. Right. And then they have another sit down. Right. And then he, he, they opened up the territory, but they said that it was only going to be in the black community because they're, I think he said they're animals and they're, they, 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 as long as they leave it in that community. Yeah. That, that was, that's the point. Right. That's, that's how it was thought of. And, I, and comedy for me, comedy, this is, I don't know how I got to the word comedy in this, but that's why Richard Pryor is my favorite comic. I told you that. Yeah. Um, and Richard Pryor had a joke that changed my life as a young person, as a little kid. When I saw this, I think I was only 11, 12 years old, maybe. And it's, it's a joke and I'm going to paraphrase it cause I'll fuck it up. But it's the joke where he said, um, uh, you know, white people drive out of their neighborhood and they drive through a black, through a black neighborhood and they see all these black kids on drugs and they're all fucked up. And then the, the family's like, Oh, look at that. Isn't that a shame? Look at all these kids on drugs. And then by the time they drive home they see all their kids on drugs, they go, Oh my God, it's an epidemic. Right. And it's the way that uh, that I understood comedy was a, a way that you could use something satirically to educate as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what made Richard Pryor a genius to me, because he allowed people, he allowed white America to see their hypocrisy uh, yeah. through comedy. And that's what was uh, amazing to me. And so, but as we talk about that, that joke always becomes relevant, because we're doing it again with the opi- opioids right now. This it's always an epidemic when it's a white problem. Yes. So, I don't. I, we really made this a, a really tender, fun podcast. Yeah. I, and my last note uh, to the one brother, who also uh, I can't remember if he was addicted or he was selling it, but I do remember as this is him now giving the interview in the documentary. This nigga's fingernails was long as shit. I mean, all of them. Listen. To you niggas, particularly in Detroit, because I know you Detroit niggas do this, and some of you Southern niggas, cut your goddamn fingernails. I don't know who you niggas are that think it's cool to have long fingernails as a man. It, it just It's not a good look. Long fingernails belong on a woman. And plus, niggas, when you, listen, you got to caress women. You got to rub calves. You got to stroke hair. You got to rub backs. Claws ain't it. Claws ain't it, nigga. And when it's time to finger some pussy, you don't go in with a Ginsu knife. Nigga, you go in with a soft, fleshy substance called your tongue. 
cut your goddamn nails. I can't stand niggas with long fingernails. When we slap hands, you niggas always cut the insides of my palms. <laughs> Jesus. Um, they, they're one of the featured people in this uh, in this documentary, though, and, and the reason we brought these two up was because they're good docs, and we were just you know. Uh, we're still in COVID, man. We need to watch some things. Um, but if you want to read a book, um, now I'm going to forget his name. I, I, I was just had his name, and then I, I swear uh, I'm going to order you that Belenko Kenko uh, yeah, or whatever the fuck we'll that's called. Get it for me. Um, <sighs> do, 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 yeah, what's what's uh, it's his name is free. He, he, I think his street name was Freeway. Um, oh, Ricky Freeway. Yeah, the real Ricky Rick Ross. Ro- Rick yeah. Ross. Yeah, the real one. Yeah, uh, he has a book that if you read that book, um, he gives a lot more details about actually his side of the business. Right. Um, and I got to, I met him one time. Did he came really? to a comedy club. He, he looks really short. He is. He's he's not he's not a big guy, but right. there's something very yeah. yeah you yeah, them you, old them them. You're not gonna fuck with this dude. Them little niggas, man. They they be you know. And he only he only had like two guys with him. He he was not right. he. Yeah, he's an interesting. He was interesting, and it's it's worth reading if you want to right. read about if you if, if you have any interest after you if you check out the documentary and you still have interest, check out that book. But the documentary is worth seeing. Uh, it if really. You, if you fuck with Madame Zenobia's and Geechee Dan, uh, who's the short nigga? God damn it! I know some of the black people going email me, motherfucker. Y'all know the movies with uh, Sidney Poitier. Bill Cosby, Uptown Saturday Night, let's do it again. The one where they robbed Madame Zenobia's. And they went that famous funny bar scene when uh, Bill Cosby and Sidney Poitier go into the bar in the ghetto. And they looking for, I think Geechee Dan was Halle Berry Fonte's character from that same movie. Oh, oh, the short nigga that that ended up whooping their ass. Uh, that's my point though. When he's talking about little short niggas, and that short nigga beat both them niggas' asses, that was hilarious. Did you say Holly Berry, uh, or did you say Harry Balafonte? I thought you said it sounded like Holly Berry. Did I? Yeah. No, it was Harry Balafonte. Okay, I'm just checking. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, and incidentally, I've been forgetting to give that out a lot. Uh, email me, y'all. Aryspears45 at hotmail dot com for all questions, concerns, and conversational pieces. Uh, hits 101 We didn't do any of this at the top Top like we're supposed to Yeah Spearsburg pod uh, Twitter uh, Patreon Is Spearsburg uh, For everything Is it Spearsburg pod right Yeah Spearsburg pod um, Anything else uh, And check us out Next week When you're listening to this We're going to be in Kansas City So if you're in the Kansas City area uh, Come check us out Kansas City Improv baby Um I will say this before I introduce the musical thing. Uh, I wish more of you women who listen to this, please write in. Let us know you exist. Because while we were here in Raleigh, two chicks, uh, both of, I think, Hispanic descent. Um, one was Hispanic. One was Hispanic. The other one was white? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, they, they listened to the podcast, and that's the reason why they came out. And Andy said at one point they called him over to the table, uh, much to his shock. Uh, and then when he was introduced, as he was going on stage, he didn't hear it, but I was standing right by him. They were like, yay, Andy, Andy. So um, it's nice to know that we have more than our regulars. Um, you know, uh, Cece, Deandria, uh, Johnson, Shannon, uh, Shamar, uh, Farah. It's nice to know that we AB. Uh, it's nice to know that we have more. Make yourselves known. 
Ladies, stop hiding behind your brassiers. Pull your titties out. The same way we put our dick on the table. Let's go. Let's get it. All right, coming up. Musical guests. Reginald Kaysen featuring Rosie Bands. The website is reginaldkaysen.com. That's R-E-G-I-N-A-L-D-K-S-O-N.com. His Instagram is R-E-G-I-N-A-L-D-K-S-O-N. His Twitter is that same spelling but with the at. At R-E-G-I-N-A-L-D-K-S-O-N. Thanks, Reginald. Uh, This track is called This World. And incidentally to Eric Venable, I know I told you we don't judge what we play here. Uh, I ain't going to say the name, but we played something recently. I was like, what the fuck is this? But that's why it's subjective, baby. That's what art is. So I know you're probably smiling, Eric, right now, going, ha! But, yeah. Anyway, Reginald Kaysen featuring Rosie Bond, bands, uh, This World. We out. run the race and that's all I can do I can be a little shy but I know that if I try I'll move mountains with the truth time stands stand still for no one you've got to get out in this world get out Feel it, baby.